Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. By the time I'm done with this lesson, I can guarantee you, even the men, you guys are going to pray for my wife more than you've ever prayed for her, and you might even call her St. Gina as we get through some of these stories. But this happened 15 years ago, and um, we were going to have a volunteer Christmas dinner here. This room was set up with all tables, and Gina and I were at home dressing, and we had to leave, but we had this back-and-forth debate that escalated, turned into an argument, and then it just became a little worse, and, and we're almost ready to where we have to get into the car. And then I made the statement to my wife, you act just like a junior high little girl. And I don't know why that upset her. She was 39. It shouldn't upset her, right? So, so uh, <laughs> she escalated from that, and I understand why now. And uh, so I said, honey, we have to jump in the car. We have to go. And she said, we're not going anywhere till we fix this. So we don't have time. We have to greet. We have to be there before everybody else. She said, we need to fix it. I said, we don't have time. Let's talk about it in the car. She said, all right, I'll do that if you tell me what did you just do wrong. And I said, well, I said something that upset you. That's what I did wrong. And I, you got upset by what I said. She said, well, what, what, what did you do wrong? I said, I don't know. Let's talk about it in the car. And, uh, and I kind of knew, but I just was in a mood. And so uh, she said, I'm not going. If you don't talk about it, I'm not going. I said, fine, I'll go myself. And I took off and left her there. Of course, she had a car, so, you know, everything was cool. So, so I drive here, and I'm out there greeting right over here. Hey, welcome, you know, thanks for volunteering. And I'm wondering, I don't know if she's coming or not, you know. And, uh, and so then she walks in, and she's all smiles. She's like greeting everybody, really happy. And I'm thinking, yay, she got over it, and she's so happy. But then we made eye contact. And do you know you can smile, and with your eyes, you can be really upset. And, uh, and it reminded me of Medusa. I don't know how many of you, how many of you like Greek mythology, you know? So, so here's why it reminded me of Medusa. She's, she's this protecting uh, Greek mythology figure. She's winged creature, but she has the most beautiful face in the world, and what happens is when warriors try to get by her to get to the prize they want, if you look her in her face, you turn into stone. Turn. And when I looked at those eyes, my heart turned to stone. And that's why I thought of Medusa. I just thought, I'm going to have one bad night tonight. So we, we, we greeted. And then I saved her a seat, but she didn't sit at my table. She sat at a different table. And so we're, you know, we're still in the middle of conflict. And someone at my table said, hey, why is Gina not sitting here? I said, we just wanted to split up. We can talk to more people that way. <laughs> that might have been a lie. I'm not sure, you know. So, so uh, I drove home, and, you know, we're separate. And I'm just thinking, oh. And, and that night, was, it took a while for me to break and admit I was wrong. I just didn't want to. And I, I, wanted to, I want to welcome you to Hashtag Goals. That's the name of this series. And this week, we're talking about natural goals, and I thought I'd pick the goal of relationships. And so uh, we're going to talk about relationships and not just marriage. The, what I'm going to teach today will help us in every relationship. Students, it's going to help you with your relationships. Young adults, it's going to help you with your relationships. Every single one of us, not just our marriages, but every relationship that we have 
And I'm just excited about this. Here's what I, here's what I titled this lesson, lesson hashtag uh, better relationships. And that's what we're going to strive for. That's, that's our goal. Now remember, here's the, here's the emphasis of this series. I want to take us from setting goals to getting goals. Not just setting them like a New Year's resolution, setting goals to getting goals. And I pointed out in lesson one, and I'm going to review it quick because if you haven't heard lesson one, I want to encourage you to hear it. And you can listen to it, uh, uh, watch it, or listen to it, I mean, on, on, any, on, on any app uh, or, or pad, on any smartphone. You just download the BC app, and you can listen to it, of course, or watch it on our website. And I talked about the fact there's six principles that we have to work in order to attain any goals. So I'm just going to review those real quick, and we'll, we'll deal with some of those today. Number one is you have to name your goal. So we gave it a name, hashtag better relationship. That's where you want to end up, and it has to inspire you. And so that may not inspire you. You might want to give it a different name. Then number two, you have to break down your goals. That's just all the steps we take to, to get to that goal. And then number three, you have to prioritize it, put it on a calendar, future it, evaluate it, fight for it. And again, I'm just telling you those are out there. So this can be any natural goal today. You can take the principles. You can do it with your career goals. You can do it uh, with your, your uh, education goals. You can work this into anything. And so I just thought, man, relationships are a problem. I'm going to, I'm going to, we all deal with it. I deal with it. So I'm going to deal with relationships. And you know how I always have one point I want to get across? I'm, I'm calling this my point, right? And this is what I want to get across and this is what I learned. Relationships grow as we grow. And it took me years to figure that out. When we were first married, Gene and I, I used to pray what I call complaining prayers. And my prayers went like this. Lord God, this woman you gave me is driving me crazy. And I need you to change her in this area. And I don't like the way she does that. Can you change her, God? And I just play, I prayed complaining prayer after complaining prayer. And I never saw any results from those prayers. And, and, uh, and then one day it dawned me, oh, oh, I might be, don't want to say for sure, I might be the problem. And, uh, and so I learned relationships grow as we grow. And I know you're, there's, some of you have relationship situations where um, the other person might be the problem, where you might need some counseling and and I understand all that, but I'm just talking about general everyday conflicts we have with our friends, with our mates, whoever. And here's a great scripture, Proverbs 24, 3. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. Now, understanding is just a specific aspect of wisdom. And I love what it says here. It takes wisdom to have a good family. Well, family is relationships, right? It could be with your mate. It could be with your kids could be with your, your, your parents, it could be with your relatives. So you can take the word family out and you could just simply say it takes wisdom to have good relationships because it does. The same principles work in everything. So I got to thinking about, Lord, what's the wisdom we need to have good relationships? Because that would be the breakdown steps to getting our way to hashtag better relationships. That, that would be how we grow ourselves. And I came up with this, five sides of relationship wisdom. And uh, I love the number five. If you've ever studied numerology, Bible numerology, it's fascinating. And do you know that in the Bible, the number five always stands for God's grace? That's, that's a beautiful thing. Now, if you're not a Christian and you become a Christian, we would say grace is God's unmerited favor. 
But once we're a Christian, we, it, that's not all it's referring to. I like to give it this definition. Grace is God's ability that supersedes our ability. It's when God helps us do what we can't do in and of ourselves. And when it comes to relationships, there's five sides to relationship wisdom. So I want to talk about those five sides with you. The first one is really simple. We all know it, but every one of us will slip in this area, and so we have to keep reminding ourselves of it. And I said it this way, wisdom pursues. That means that you have to pursue spending time with the person you want a relationship with. So in lesson one, I told you, Gene and I, we're both type A. We both can work till bedtime. And we found that we were slipping and hanging out and spending time together. So we put it on the calendar. We prioritized it. Tuesdays from 6 to 8, Thursdays from 6 to 8 are hangout times. Sometimes we sit and talk. Other times we watch episodes of uh, Everyone Loves Raymond or King of Queens. And, and we just love the humor that's in those two shows. And then uh, we might watch one, two show, and then we sit and we talk. We just hang out. So when we had our first grandchild, we decided we're not going to be the kind of grandparents that are just grandparents and names. We decided we want our grandkids not only to love us now, but we want them to love us when they're teenagers. We want them to love us when they're young adults, when they're married. We want them to call us. We want them to come over and see us, or we want to be able to call them. We want them to want to hang out with us. And we realize it's not going to be just because our names are grandma and grandpa. So we realize we have to pursue. So Joey's now seven. Riley is five. And we try to get them over our house once a week and hang out with them. And that changed, changes as they get into different age groups in school. But usually once a week we try to have them over. And so when they come over, it's all about them. And I just want to hang with them. Gina wants to hang with them. So Riley right now is into tea parties. And she'll say, Poppy, she, they call me Poppy. Poppy, would you come in the toy room and have a tea party with me? And so I say, yeah, let's go have a tea party, Riley. And she likes to make her own cookies. So she gets a granola bar. She gets some raisins. She gets peanuts, other things. She just munches, she crushes them all in a dish and then remakes them and puts them on a little plate. And then we're in the toy room and I have this little fake tea cup and she pours fake tea in it. And she is so creative. And she just, we go into this, she goes into this story about you're the, you're the king and I'm the queen. And she tells me all these things about the kingdom. Drink your tea, Poppy. So I have to go like this and drink my tea. But then she says, here's some cookies, Poppy. And, and then I can't offend her. I have to eat one of those cookies I saw her sneeze on when she was making them. <laughs> um, but it's just all about hanging out, right? Spending time. Well, now Joey's seven. And, and he's now into board games, and he loves checkers. So we'll play checkers. And Gina looks at me and says, when your kids were that age, you never let them win a board game. And she used to get mad at me. Why don't you let them win? And I say, hey, they have to learn. They're going to lose in life, honey. This is something they have to learn. <laughs> but with the grandkids, I let them win all the time, right? So I love to let Joey jump me because when he jumps me, he giggles. And I just love hearing him that happy and giggly. And so it's just all about spending time. So if you want a great relationship, one of the things you have to do is make time for that relationship. Here's the second one. This one is fascinating, and I say it this way. Wisdom diffuses, and uh, diffusing is the opposite of provoking. So I want to just, you know, my mom was from Italy. My dad's parents were from Italy. I guess I could say I grew up in an ethnic home, and I have some ethnic ways, especially when I was first married. And uh, 
you could put me in a conflict zone, people fighting like crazy, and, and I don't know, I just have abilities to where I can bring peace. But when it comes to my wife or closest relationships, I provoke in conflict times. I don't know why, I just provoke. And I have really had to work on not being a provoker. And, and here's what I learned about provoking. Proverbs 15.1, a soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. And we all know we can say something. Like I said to Gina, you're acting like a junior high girl. And you know what she told me last night? We went home and she said, honey, you forgot to share some other things. I said, yeah, like what? She said, remember you told me I was emotionally retarded once? And I said, oh yeah, I did say that. I did say that. I said, but I didn't want them to know it, so I didn't tell them, but I figured, hey, what the heck, I did say that. I'm trying to help all the guys out here today, right? Now you can look at your husband and say, well, you're not as bad as Pastor Joe. You're awesome, man. If you're a parent, I had to really learn this, Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And when our kids were young, I would provoke them to anger just because it just what, it's just how I was, and I was always nagging and always you know, saying things. And Gina would take me aside and say, Honey, what's wrong with you? Uh, why, do you why do you do that? And she, she would say, How would you feel if your dad did that to you? And I said, He did. So then she'd say, well, how did you feel? I said, I became bitter. And she said, well, why would you do that to your kids? And I said, okay. And, I, and, and it really helped me to work on it. So I want to show you what I would consider uh, the number one provoking. The number one way to provoke, I call it comparing. Comparing is provoking. And, and, and this is bad. This is when you say, you're just like your mother. You're just like your father. And uh, you can really provoke when you compare uh, and of course, it's not a positive comparison. Like if Gina told me, man, you look like George Clooney, I'd say, hey, well, thank you. You know, it's really awesome. Yeah. But this happened. This is really true. Um, this, this was when now President Trump was candidate Trump, and he's running, uh, you know, against, there's 17 of them running for Republican nominee. And, and Gina and I were watching a couple of the debates. And after watching them, I said, you know, uh, Trump is really a provoker. I said, it's little Marco, it's lion Ted, it's low energy Jeb, and crooked Hillary, and he, that guy's just provoking, and he was doing it on purpose, it was a strategy, and, and I said, he's acting like a junior high bully on a playground. And we just, I made a note just to my wife, I said that, and I'm not saying he can't be a good president, I was just saying, the guy can provoke. So one day we got into another one of those debates that turned into a little bit of a conflict. And she looked at me and she said, you're just like Trump. <laughs> those are fighting words, woman. <laughs> and I reacted, I reacted like Trump would have, and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> comparing is provoking, all right? <laughs> you don't want to compare. It's going to cause all kinds of trouble. Wisdom diffuses, all right? Here's one that's really cool. Uh, number, this is the third side of relationship wisdom. Wisdom validates. And uh, I, I want to talk to us about learning to validate feelings because I was really bad at this too. And uh, it, it's just something we have to grow in when somebody's telling us their feelings and how they see things. And this is, just, this is not by any means uh, every area, but when we were newly married... 
Gina used to tell me, it's cold in the house. And I used to say, no, it's not cold. It's, it's perfect. She'd say, it's cold. And I'd say, no. And it could be summer or winter. She's always cold. And so one day I just told her, you know what, honey? You're female. Your hormones are up and down and up and down. I'm the perfect thermostat. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's not cold. Get, get a sweater, but we're not changing any of this. And that provoked her too. And... Uh, but you know what I learned? Again, by the time I'm done, you're going to call her St. Gina, right? And say, I don't know how you did it. But uh, you know what I learned? I learned that feelings are neither right or wrong. And I had to learn that. And not just in a case like the temperature, but in all kinds of cases. And some of you are sitting here saying, well, I don't agree with that. Sometimes feelings are wrong. Well, I'm not talking theologically. I'm just talking about how every one of us have grown up in different environments Life has shaped all of us in different ways, and all of us are different by birth, different personalities, and I had to learn, you know what? Feelings need to be validated, and I had to grow in that area, and I had to realize I'm not the one that it's the standard, and someone can have different feelings than I have about anything and everything, and what I've learned to do, and this, this is something God's helped me grow in by the grace of God, is I've learned to look beneath the feelings that someone's sharing with me. And I love what John 7, 24 says. It says, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. And guys, in all of our relationships, ladies, friends, mates, uh, it's so important when someone shares how they're feeling to, to validate it. Say, I understand. I can see why that would be. But then also try to, try to dig deep and look beneath it and and, and God wants to grow all of us in this area. Here's, here's number four, and it goes like this, wisdom, wisdom listens. And what I'm referring to here is opening yourself up to constructive criticism, being critiqued, and of course it has to be someone you're in relationship with. None of us will allow someone we don't know to come up and critique us or give us advice. We're not going to receive that. But when you're in close relationship, God will grow us. One of the ways he'll grow us is by having that person speak into our lives. So I, I have this, I have four connect groups I do. And a couple are monthly, some are weekly. And uh, one I do, and I, I stopped, the, I'm not doing it this time so I can put all my time into launching the Boardman campus, but uh, it's my discipleship group. And the last time I did my discipleship group, there were two guys in it, and I have everybody share their stories. It's one of the many things we do in there. Two guys shared their stories, and as I heard their stories, what came to my mind was, man, they are me. I mean, they, we are the same. And they were talking about their struggles with eating and weight, and I'm just sitting there thinking, whoa. So I had this idea. I thought, I, I grabbed these two guys. I said, hey, after our discipleship group, when it ends, what do you say we form a connect group, and just, to, just the three of us, but maybe if someone wants to jump in, we can have other people jump in. And once a week we weigh in and uh, we exhort each other and we hold each other accountable. Maybe we spend 15, 20 minutes after we weigh in just talking. These guys loved it, so we began to do it. And, and I was going up and down. I'd lose some, I gained some, I'd lose some, I gained some. And uh, so this is, I think, two weeks after Thanksgiving, just this past, this past year. Um, one, of, one of them, the guys couldn't make it, so it's just me and, and one other guy. And I weighed in, and it was the second week that I gained two pounds. I gained two pounds the week before, two pounds this week. And, and, and this other gentleman, here's what he did. 
we wrote our weights on a pad, right? And he, he taps the pad and he goes, I don't like the trend I'm seeing. This trend has to turn around. And you know how I responded? How dare you talk to your pastor that way, right? No, <laughs> no I said, you know what? You're 100% correct. And when he said that, it's amazing when someone we love or in relationship with speaks into our life. It penetrated to the deepest part of my heart. It was amazing. And we talked a little bit. Then that night on the way home, I was so shaken up, I went to Subway. And um, <laughs> I literally bought two 12-inch Subways, one tuna and one Italian, and with chips for each. And I went home and I ate those in my home office. Two 12 inches, man. And, and then I sat there just thinking, Lord, I'm disgusted with myself. I'm disgusted with where I'm at. But that really hit me, Lord. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, you know what? I have to, I have to change. I have to change. And so I came up with hashtag best shape ever. That's one of my goals that I started. And, and so on December 31st, I thought, I'm starting early. I'm going to do my 21-day January fast with the church. I'm going to start it early. And so I did. And, you know, two years ago, I did an 11-day water-only fast, which was fascinating. And uh, so, so, so this year, I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat one meal a day in the morning, and it's going to be really clean, not real big, and then I'm not going to eat till the next morning. So I'm, I, for 21 days, I fasted about 23 hours every day, had that one meal for breakfast. And then I went back to my three meals, and I'm listening to, to not, not just doctors, I'm listening to specialists on the subject, so I'm not, I'm not just doing this haphazardly. And um, so it's amazing what happened just because of a friend speaking in my life, but I, I lost 35 pounds in 28 days, guys, just, just getting serious about it. I know that, thank you, I know that was an extreme fast, I know that, but that was just more spiritual than anything. But it's amazing what's happening just by making myself accountable, having people speak into my life. Here's a great scripture, Proverbs uh, 18, 15. The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. And I know this goes way beyond a friend speaking in our life. This is talking about us having a hunger to, to learn and to know. But part of it is opening up and allowing. Only people close to us can really see some things that we don't see and they need to speak into our lives. Here's, here's my final, right? This is side five. Wisdom shows mercy. It shows mercy. And what I'm referring to here, guys, is you and I forgiving people and, and, and our friends, our mates, forgiving them and letting it go. And of course, we have to have closure with them. So I, I realize there's closure and all that, but not bringing it up. And I like to say it this way, mercy doesn't rub it in it rubs it out. And it's so easy whenever we get into some kind of debate or conflict to bring up something that's already been dealt with and it destroys relationships. So here, here's a cool story. There's this junior high boy. He had a really bad report card. His teacher said, I want you to take this home, have your dad sign it. He told his friend, my dad's going to kill me. I'm going to be grounded forever. And he didn't want to do it, but his friend said, you really need to do it. So he goes home. He shows his dad his report card and it didn't go well. He comes back to school the next day, and his friend said, so how did it go? How did it go? Tell me about it. He said, my dad went historical on me, excuse me. And he said, what did you say? He said, my dad went historical on me. And his friend said, it's not historical, it's hysterical. He said, no, no, it's historical. He brought up everything I ever did wrong in my life <laughs> and just hammered me with it. And you know what? I've done that to Gina. I've gone historical on her. 
And uh, she might have probably maybe once went historical on me. I'm not sure. And, uh, but isn't that easy to do with our friends? And mercy or wisdom shows mercy. It doesn't rub it in. It rubs it out. And here's an incredible scripture. I'm going to end on this, Proverbs 17, 9. Love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them parts the best of friends. So I'm not saying don't have closure, deal with it, but once it's closed, let it go. Forget about it. Let it be buried and just deal with the problem you have to deal with right there. Now, guys, I want to close it down, but I want to pray. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to open up this part of the Bible. I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, we're all at different places with our relationships. Every one of us, some have great relationships that we can always make better. Others are struggling. Others are in desperate need. And Lord, I just thank you for helping us come to a place to where we begin to grow in these five areas. Lord, help us grow in these areas. And I thank you for doing it. Thank you for infusing hope in every one of us, Lord, because relationships grow as we grow. So, Lord, thank you for helping us grow. Father, for every single person in here that wants to be married, thank you for helping them focus on their personal growth. And thank you, Lord, ahead of time that they're going to cross paths with that perfect person in the future, and they will be ready for them. Lord, for all of us that are married, thank you for helping us grow so our marriages can be better and can be everything you've intended for them to be. And we thank you for that, Lord God. Now, guys, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Before I close, I want to give one simple invitation. And listen up closely, all right? So we're all praying. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, I just want to give you an opportunity to be sure. So right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. All really good things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal with Jesus, where you, you, you just said, Jesus, I believe in you, and I make a decision today to follow you. Do you know that you can grow up in some churches, not all churches, you can grow up in some churches in America and never be told that you have to make it personal. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will rescue them, I'll save them. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, I'll give them the gift of eternal life. God will become their father. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to make it personal. I'm ready to pray from my heart. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Savior. I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.